This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. This is Jim Rodney along with Gary Callagher from Remax. And I am in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida. Um, former Twin Ports um, realtor and uh, where I was born and bred, right, Gary? So, and Gary Calger is in the in the Twin Ports at Duluth and Superior. Good afternoon, sir. Jim, how are you doing? I think we're we're starting to get some leaves on our trees up here. Nice, you're budding, and they're not in full bloom below the hill. Right? Isn't that amazing? You can see the you can see the season right there in one in one city. <laughs> so, um, I was I was in a town one time. It's called Yahats, Oregon. Oh yeah, right on the coast. I don't know if you're familiar no. with that, but it's, I don't know that I'll forget it. Yahats, Yahats, Oregon. <laughs> Oregon's and beautiful. I, yeah. Well, yeah, that drive up that uh, that coastline is amazing. Right, it is. But I always thought we lived in the coldest city in America. But but I we spent some time in Yahats, and my God, it was just it was incredibly cold there. And and I've always watched the weather there, and rarely does that place get up to seventy degrees. And so uh, it's wow. Uh, and it's it's basically like in the fifties and sixties and. Is it 40s. because of the ocean? Yeah, it's right there on the well, that's ocean. That's so weird. Vancouver is so is so temperate. That's farther north, and they say that they well, I guess that maybe in winter it keeps it from getting too cold. But wow, yeah, well, we know yeah. what the we know what water can do to temperature up there in the Twin <laughs> yeah. Ports. Holy Christmas! Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, and some of the wind that we've had this this year just been uh, it's been a very very difficult spring, but. Uh, uh, in any event, you know, as we transition into real estate here, Jim, I don't know about you, but our real estate market, I think, is starting to slow down a little bit up here in the Twin Ports. I still think it's very active. I, I still think there's a lot of things going on. But you go back, I'll go back even 45 days when you and I were doing some of the statistics, and we only had 20, I think it was 21, 23 houses on the market in Duluth. This is Duluth proper. Right. As of today, we have 61 homes on the market in Duluth. Now, some of that is seasonal. I mean, it's warming up. People are putting their homes on the market. But you're starting to see a lot more homes on the market, and they're not flying off uh, like they had. And I know that I have personally slowed down a little bit with the buyers. And so, um, you know, uh, with all the national trends and everything that everybody's saying, these economists, these experts – you know, uh, you know. I think we're starting to feel the start of what might be a little bit of a real estate slowdown, or going back to not a slowdown, but but a normal market. We're going back into a normal market, and uh, right. Um, yeah, you you're know, right. So I, I don't remember, know how your market I, I, is doing down there, but yeah, I you know I was going through some old real estate files, um, you know, weeding stuff out on my computer, and I came up on this report that I had sent the seller. It was many years ago. Um, and I remember in the report, it said that we expected to have an accepted offer within the first 75 days, <laughs> right? So that's how old it, I mean, so that was a while ago, right? So, um, but, um, you know, and then closed by 90 or something like that. But anyway, uh, it just shows you um, that was a total different market, but yet houses were selling, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe we're going to transition into a more normal, quote unquote, um, market. Uh, the interest rates certainly are not um, going to, uh, I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen because the interest rates are going up. 
But uh, the other thing I want to tell you about our market down here in Punta Gorda, Florida, and Port Charlotte, and Charlotte County in general. Um, anyway, um, here it's it's we're getting listings. We have a little bit of inventory. You can't shoot the moon price anymore. Uh, I've seen um, obvious overpriced houses, and they're on the market for 24, 25 days. But if you have a reasonable house, reasonable, you know, I mean, it's, it's you price it right on the top dollar mark of what the market, you know, like per square foot, you know, would would indicate. Um, you should get like two or three offers still, and go a little bit over. Um, but yeah, I think that where it's a little bit over, I think. Um, where earlier three months ago it would have been a lot over, uh, you know. So that, that's kind of what I see. But we're still selling everything that we can put a yard sign in. Um, and yeah. then just to just to finish my thought there, uh, another another example of um, maybe a, a market correction or whatever. I wouldn't call it a correction, I guess. But I had an appraisal issue, Gary. So we, oh. yeah. So. This house was listed at three hundred and sixty thousand. We went to three seventy thousand, three hundred seventy thousand, and um, it appraised for three sixty magically the list price. Um, but anyway, I was able, and these people are getting financing. But we were able to each of them shaved off five thousand dollars and met in the middle. Um, so it's going to go through. But uh, that's the first appraisal issue I've seen in a year down here. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, um, we're not typically having the appraisal issues. I will say this: I had a, a gal make an offer on a house, and this is oh, maybe thirty, thirty-five days ago, and the house was listed in the high hundreds. I'll say one seventy-five. Right. And and it's closed, so I can tell you what the numbers are at this point. Um, and we have been looking all winter long for houses. We had written several offers. She was one of these people that wanted to uh, uh, do the inspection. And we did this house. We did a pre-inspection. And Jim, um, she offered $57,000 over the list price. <laughs> yeah, wow. And she and she got it. We had put an escalation clause in there where, you know, where she would pay, you know, X amount of dollars over the highest offer bid. And we put a cap on that. Well, we didn't go to the cap, but there was another offer out there that was, you know, right there as well. And so, uh, and I thought this house was underpriced. This wasn't a bad house. And so um, she just said, let's go for it. Let's do it. And she ended up getting it. But, um, I, I, and you're still seeing some of that with people that are, are coming to the marketplace that they, they're doing this on these houses, escalating, but we're not seeing it as much. Right. Well, I give you another example. So I'm showing this. I, I'm showing a guy that uh, he, he surprised me, Gary. Guess what he did? Um, what? He gives me. He texts me on. In, he lives in Buffalo. He texts me on what day is today? So, so we're recording this on Friday. He texts me on Tuesday. He says I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So he he flies in, and I had all kinds of appointments already. So I made all this work, but. Um, um, we were looking at houses uh, just under five hundred thousand, you know. So it's a nice price range, anyway. And um, we were able to go through like four of them, uh, and there was, uh, you know, ones that were priced at you know like four sixty, four seventy, um, you know, um, you know four fifty five or something like that, and then four oh nine. We went through that one that was 409, and that realtor mismarked that house. 
because it was worth way more than that. And I instantly texted and I said, look, we're going to make an offer on this. And she goes, the seller just signed on, a, on another uh... offer. Well, yeah, you dummy. I mean, I hope that that first offer was more than um, what they were um, asking for because otherwise that seller got ripped off. So um, I think, folks, if you're going to put your house on the market, hire a real pro. There's a lot of people around that don't understand the pricing models that are out there that we use. Um, so second opinion sometimes if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're very curious up there in the Northland, I would call Gary. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Well, thank you, Jim. A uh, couple things, folks. We've got interest rates here. The conventional 30-year term is at 5.5%, so that's held steady from last week. Right. The um, the uh, FHA is held steady. The 30-year term on an FHA mortgage is 5.75. Uh, the VA loan went up a little bit. That was at 55 last week for a 30-year term. It's now at 5.75. So uh, these interest rates have basically held steady for the last few weeks. And the um, if you're watching the uh, uh, yield on the 10-year Treasury bonds, um, they, they're basically in the high twos, and they've kind of been you know holding steady in that range as well. So uh, hopefully these mortgage rates stabilize a little bit in that you know high five range. But no doubt it's been a big shift and a big change. And, uh, and you know, you know Jim, yeah, I would just I kind of add on to this. I mean, the rates jumped. Um, you know, in the in the in the recent in the very recent past, it was significant difference. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot different than it was six months ago for sure. Yeah, I think March, the end of March, when they announced the uh, quanti- end of the quantitative easing program, those interest rates took off, right? And that was really the trigger and the turning point uh, that the uh, uh, triggered these interest rates to take off, and so. You know, from that point forward, you know, they really accelerated and uh, they've, they've, uh, uh, that's a little over two months ago, you know, and so they've right. got, you know, two and a half percent right in there. But yeah. um, hopefully they stabilize, they stay in that marketplace because we don't want to kill the housing market. No. Um, you no, know, they're, uh, I, I think they're being as calculated as they can be with that. Yeah. And you know. how much, I don't, how much time? Because there's an interesting, we've got, we've got another minute and a half. Okay, well, I'm going to wait till the next segment till okay. to talk about something that has occurred here in the marketplace nationally because of some of the buyers that have been priced out of the market because of the higher interest rates. And All we've right. talked about this, Jim, where these marginal buyers uh, at the at the the three uh, percent interest rates, you know, they were marginal at that point. Well, when these interest rates jumped, it just completely put them out of the market. They can't. Yep. Uh, they can't afford it at that interest rate. So there's some interesting things that are happening with these folks and what they are now faced with uh, in this uh, this marketplace. Yeah. And Gary, um, let's give out, why don't you give out your phone number and then uh, I'll give out mine and we'll cut the break. We'll be right back. Up here in the Twin Ports, Jim, I'm at 218-390-0615. I'm licensed in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. And I'm down here in uh, Punta Gorda, Florida. My number is 218-348-7653. Um, and, folks, we're going to take our first break here. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDAL. Hey, good afternoon and welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from REMAX. Uh, darkening your radio dial 
All right, so Gary, we're back for our, our second segment. I know we want to get into these interest rate stories, but I wanted to tell you, um, do you know what's going on down here? No. Oh, we are, okay. we are, so like I was mentioned earlier, we're recording late Friday afternoon. We have a pretty darn strong storm coming through that they're almost ready to name, I heard. So um, we're supposed to get like 50 mile an hour winds up to higher than that, 70 or whatever. Um, so it's going to kind of be the, 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 the biggest storm that I think I've ever been in uh, when I've been here. So... But they're saying there, and and I'm I'm not in a flood zone. But they're saying that there could be a two foot storm surge in some areas, some low lying areas. So well, yeah. Jim, uh, June one marks the official start of hurricane season. I know it, and batten down your hatches, and batten down the hatches, and uh, I hope everything's okay down there. But I actually did notice that this morning. I was actually looking at the Weather Channel app, and I saw that. So. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. It'll be it'll be interesting, um, but yeah. So uh, um, we'll see what happens there. If we're, if there's any damage, um, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna go look just to see what's going on. But I'll I'll give a report back if there's anything that interesting that occurs. Hopefully, it'll just blow through and it won't be as much as they think. But that doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to the uh, the, the interest rate situations and 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 the um, other situation that we were talking about earlier. Well, Jim, I think, you know, with the interest rates pricing people out of the marketplace uh, and what we've experienced in this marketplace uh, for the last couple of years have been these housing price wars, you know, where the bidding up right. and the intent, the the uh, uh, the demand for this stuff has con- caused a frenzy for people just to sometimes, you know, go all in on what, what they're willing to offer on these prices. This has been... This has been a phenomenon that we've never seen in, in the real estate market. It's not just here locally, Jim, but it's been across the country. And so, um, you know, what has happened with the with the increase in the interest rates now is creating another price or bidding war. But this isn't on housing. This is on rental properties. And, and it's, it, you, you get into the, the, um, and, and this is in, in some of the, the bigger metro areas across the country, but I think we're going to start to hear more about this. And it makes sense. You know, if you've been looking for a house and you can no longer afford a house because of the, the, uh, the interest rates increasing, you've been priced out of the market. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to have to live somewhere and you're probably going to end up renting somewhere. And so across the country, what they're starting to see is price wars or bidding wars on apartments um, and single-family homes that are for rent. And it's become so bad in some areas that, um, uh, you know, people have – they're starting to do and get into this frenzy mode where let's say you've got an apartment for rent for $1,500 a month and you've got 25 people that want it. And all of a sudden, somebody's willing. Hey, I'm willing to pay $500 more for that, or right. $700 more for that. And you're starting to see these property management companies start to report that they're experiencing this, especially in some of the larger areas, and especially Jim in some of what they call the market rate housing. You know, where this is lower income right. type of yes. situations. And so, um, you're 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 going to see this continue to grow and we're going to continue to hear more about this because uh with the numbers of people that have been priced out of being able to buy a home 
like I'm saying, what are they going to do? They have to rent. And so um, uh, this article caught me a little bit off guard as I'm reading to it. I'm thinking, there's no way that that can be happening. But as I read this article, it was a lengthy article. It was well written. It was a lot of good information in it. Uh, I thought, well, you know what? It kind of makes sense. And I think it's supply and demand just like anything else is. And if you get uh, enough uh, supply uh, or, or enough demand and little supply, it's going to be the same thing that we've been experiencing in the housing industry for the last two to three years where you have little supply and a huge demand. And consequently, the prices of these things have been just like uh, – uh, escalated up to a point it, that uh, obviously we've never seen. So it'll be interesting to watch this uh, rental market and then how it starts to affect us in our local markets, you know, here in the Twin Forests, because we've already got a shortage of, of housing. And, you know, you look at the apartments and, and, and what we have now, I mean, th- these are some of the lowest vacancy rates uh, for, for uh, property owners that we've ever had. And I know they're talking about building some more of these. They're talking about building a new apartment complex up off of uh, South Blackman Avenue, if uh, up on off the of central entrance. There's that new hotel up there. I, I forget what the name. I think yeah, it's a, yep. a Hilton, a True, or something. It's below. It's it's yeah. It's I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know where the new central is up in there, but it's on the south portion of Blackman, going in towards the antenna farm, and it's going to be on that corner. Uh, back in there yeah uh, i believe that's orange street or palm street right, or something right. right there off central and, and but it sounds like a fairly significant apartment complex and so if that's two three hundred units in there it's like wow this is a this is like incredible and for these developers jim to be coming into these markets and i don't care if it's here across the bridge in wisconsin down where you are they're doing their diligence they're not building this stuff and they're not investing these millions of dollars to build these facilities unless they know there's a demand and they know that they can rent these units. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I totally agree. Um, we see the same thing down here. Um, I am in the Twin Cities a lot too because you know my uh, two youngest live in the Twin Cities and I, I see the same thing there everywhere. Of course, you just have to drive through to understand uh, and it's totally changing the landscape of um, of everywhere. I mean, and down here, they um, they don't just build apartment buildings; they build a complex of apartment. I mean, I don't even know what you call it. You know, it's like a whole community with a pool, um, massive amounts of parking, and they just you know they 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 grab you know ten acres of land and just fill it up. Um, so it, it's crazy, and I, I'll tell you too. Um, it, there are some people that are really being hurt by what you're talking about. It's very obvious, you know, that, you know, the wages have to have to keep up with uh, these rent costs. And we have the same thing down here. Here, the phenomenon has been that a lot of people had bought houses in Florida and, and maybe they used them. But, you know, a lot of them would, would just lease it year over year over year um, as an investment. And a lot of them jump ship as soon as their lease was up. They, they sold the property. Um, and, uh, these, these tenants who had been paying, you know, $1,500 a month, you know, um, were jettisoned and, um, they've got no choice. What they're looking at is, you know, six, $700 more, you know, or more than that even. And it, it, it's, um, it's, it's a struggle for a lot of them. Um, and I, and I feel for them and, and but I hear you, it's, it's supply and demand and, uh, you know, the baby boomer generation is the largest generation. 
and uh, they're they're coming into their own. And anyway, um, things are being built, and the market will correct itself when there is enough housing for everybody. Um, but I mean, that's going to take a while there, and it's going to take a while here. Well, I think you're right. I mean, and, and this, this we could still be in a very um, combustible, volatile market for the next couple of years. I mean, it, it, it could be that way. And so uh, ultimately what this looks like, I don't think any of us know. But uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this this rental market and how it relates to the what has happened with the mortgage industry. Uh, and, and then remember this too, Jim, with these interest rates going up and the refinance market basically being eliminated, all these mortgage people have been laid off. And right. across the country, oh, yeah. this equates to thousands, this is thousands of jobs that have been lost in the mortgage industry because there's no work for them. When we had these low interest rates, everybody refinanced. If you remember back a couple of years when these with these interest rates, the refinance market was exploding. And, you know, we were competing when you got a sale on a house. We were competing with lenders uh, and title companies who were swamped because of refis. And it's all the same type of a process. So, uh, you know, I, I recall closing companies and, and Closing agents not calling us back. I mean, not answering emails or, you know, it's like they were just that busy. It's, well, that has completely changed. Yeah, and I think that a lot of those people will never be back in the industry um, because um, if, it, if it continues, you know, like we were talking about getting back to quote unquote normal um, where they don't have all these applications. I mean, by the time it was going to get busy again, they will probably have brought the industry forward technologically wise so they won't need many of those people that even when they get to this point of or the point of where they were in terms of uh, over busy um, I don't know about you up there but I I'm seeing less and fewer and fewer appraisals um, there's more it's the frequency of we don't need an appraisal on this one is is getting higher and higher do you see that up there as well um, no, I mean, I, uh, I think I, I actually had an interesting thing where we had an appraisal on a house, um, and then we got a call a couple of days later and they waived, they waived the appraisal. They said we didn't need it. They had too much, they were enough down money right. and they didn't need it. But, but I think, you know, if you're talking about the, yeah, the cost the, of, that's, that's the overriding factor, but, um, I think they've relaxed that as well a little bit. I think they have, you know, and I think. Up here, as far as I know, Jim, appraisers are doing their jobs. We're not having any issues. I think appraisals, you know, in terms of the cost of them, they haven't gotten overly expensive. I think the prices have gone up, but I still think they're very reasonable. Yeah. And, you know, you know the, for, the, the, the same kind of law or rule would apply here that we're talking about. You know, I have, remember I was telling you about that appraisal issue where we were $10,000 part. Um, of course, you know, that was a minimum down borrower and that property would always have an appraisal on it, you know, um, as opposed to like you were saying, you know, if they put, you know, 25, 30% down, 40% down, they, they just say, we, we just don't need it. 
you know, um, so it, it's it kind of hurts the the first timers too a little bit, and the people without a huge cash down payment. Um, you know, anyway, um, but it's interesting. I think the the market is still chugging along here. We'll see what happens if these rates do not plateau. Um, then yeah, I could see I could see it um, slowing down significant, and you know, we'll see. Well, I think uh, you know when you look at the the. Uh uh, rental market up here, Jim. I think the rental market is still uh, yeah. very good. It, it's very stable. It's, well, you don't have enough. You don't have enough beds. You know. I mean, there are too many. There are so many people coming into into the Twin Ports. You know. Um, remember what you're talking about after the pandemic when people could work remotely and stuff. I mean, you know, the Twin Ports was going to be fine, and I and I think that uh, you know, same down here. So um, yeah, we have a hard time. We have a hard time for people who are looking to rent down here as well. I'm sure there's bidding going on. Just like you were talking. Well, you look at the active properties, looking at, at, this is Duluth and Cloquet, Jim, for active multifamily units. There are six of them that are listed as active, and that's for Duluth and Cloquet. And um, so far, we've closed 37 of those units so far year to date. Uh, And there are uh, six of them pending. So that's still a really strong market. You know, when you look at, at multifamily specific, but the other thing that's going on is people are buying single family homes and that's not in this data. Right. Uh, you don't you don't see the, the data for somebody buying a single family home and converting it to a rental. Well, now there's. And so, yeah, there's also large real estate investment groups that are buying these houses, you know, um, and yeah, that's happening down and, here. I know it's happening up there as well. Well, but the other thing that's happening is uh, uh you know, in Duluth, you know, we have the vacation rentals and there's a huge market for that. But in certain zoning areas, there's a cap on them. And the cap, we've reached cap. You can't, uh, I think they have a lottery every year. You got to apply and they, they allow so many units based on the number of uh, permits issued for new construction or, or something like that, what the formula is. Uh, and, we, and we don't have a lot of new housing construction permits issued unless they're counting apartment being apartment buildings being built and they count each unit. And I don't know if that's included. So, so there's a cap on those, but we also have what we call F districts or foreign districts up here uh-huh. in, the, in Duluth. If there, if you're in a foreign district, there is no cap on these vacation rentals. And you can you can get a, a vacation rental permit if you're within a farm district. You know you have to go through the process. They call it you know a, an interim use permit, and basically what that means is you've got to go through the application process. There's a limit to how long that uh, uh, interim use permit can can uh, is in effect. I think it's six years, but uh, you're allowed to have those. And some of these buildings that are in these F zones, they're perfectly. Uh, suited for um, vacation rentals, so uh, we continue to watch to see if if people are taking advantage of that up here. Yeah, and down here, the way that they control that kind of rental is um, with deed restrictions. So there's a, there's there's neighborhoods, and there's not necessarily it's not gated communities or anything, but they're they're like they're like neighborhoods. They have association. Their their dues are very minimal, but then they can create um, you know restrictions, and uh, they they restrict those by saying you know um, that people uh, you can't rent to anybody under thirty days, for example. 
And down here in Florida, I don't know what's going on up in Duluth, um, but down here, there is a huge tax um, uh, percentage-wise on, on rents um, that, goes, that goes to the county. So, Gary, we are approaching our break here. Why don't you give out your phone number, and then uh, we'll come right back. I'm at 218-390-0615. And down here in Florida, you can reach me at 218-348-7653. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDAL. Jim Ronding here from REMAX down in Florida, and Gary Calgar is, of course, up in Duluth and Superior with uh, REMAX results. So, um, Gary, let's get back into it. Jim, I have a property I'd like to talk about. Let's do it. Uh, this is a property. It's actually up in Floodwood. But, Jim, this is a rare property. This is 91 acres. Uh, and this is, has 1,700 feet of frontage on the St. Louis River. Yeah, we talked about and, this one. Yeah, I mean, this is a great property. I want to talk about it again. You know, it's got it's a, it, it used to it, it's fenced for horse farms. It's got electrical fence capacity. It's got three wells. It's got a, a newer septic system. It's got a it's a manufactured home setup. But these are are newer manufactured homes. So this is a they're good. It's, yeah, they're great. It's got. Uh, a fenced-in yard around the house, and the the river is about I don't know four blocks into six blocks. They've got a the people that built this they put a pavilion back there, but they built this road going back that was just in, constructed incredibly. I mean, it's got uh, the infrastructure of this road is just really nice. So I mean, you can you can walk back there if you want. You can drive back there, and I uh, uh, just really enjoy this this type of a property. It's fenced. It's gated. It's um, uh, you could have horses, chickens, whatever you want to have up there. You know, some type of a uh, you know a small farm. You so if you're interested in a property like this, and you'd like to take a look at it. Just give me a shout. I'd love to show it to you. I'm at two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. And the St. Louis River Jam. I don't know if, if you. That's one of the longest rivers in the country. Right. Uh, and this thing is a big. This is a massive river when you get out there. It's, it can be very daunting, and it's really high right now, I mean, because of all the, the snow melt and the rain and everything that we've had. But, boy, when this thing is at its normal level, just to go out there on a kayak or a canoe or something like that and fish, it's really, really um, therapeutic, and it's very enjoyable to be able to have something like this. So 1,700 feet of frontage on St. Louis River, 91 acres. Yeah, wow. What's, what's your price Beautiful. on that one? That price is uh, $520,000. And, Jim, this is this property is actually featured um, on an online publication called Horse Properties, and it's horseproperties.net. And that's a really cool site. If you're interested and you want to go look at it, you can you can find it. The, uh, the address is 11474 Highway 8, and that's in Floodwood, Minnesota. Well, and you were – I mean, not to uh, – to add on to the value of what you already got, what, this road that you're describing, I mean – Folks, you can't imagine how much it costs to put in a road today. It's insane. So that's added value, I think. You know, um, access around that property makes makes a big difference. Of course, huge drain tile. Uh, this is what they call matted. I mean, it was yeah. incredible to listen to the the previous owner of this and what she did and had done to this property. Um, uh, this property was done right, and it shows. Well, and you and I, I mean, let's talk about this for a minute, if you don't mind. How many, yeah. how many times have we gone to show a property out in the county 
St. Louis County, Douglas County, you know, wherever it is. And uh, you turn into their driveway and it's just like this roly-poly, you know, just crazy bad. Um, and then you turn into other properties that maybe even are just down the road a little bit. And they have a very nice road. I'm telling you, it, there's it, you, people should pay more attention to that because... You know, the roads that are, if you spend the money and you do it right the first time, the, the road is a lot easier to take care of. The constant maintenance on the ones that are just kind of willy-nilly, uh, I, I would think it's just got to destroy your pocketbook. Well, you know, this property, when you go, as you go back to the river, and, and I, yeah. I was there when it was, there was snow on the ground. I've got a, a four-wheel drive. I took that back there. And I'm a little concerned I was going to get stuck, but I didn't. And... Uh, 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 just, I've always had this, what I, whatever you want to call it, a comfort level about this road that was put in there because the previous owner explained how it was done right? and, uh, just had this confidence level that that road's going to support a lot of, a lot of weight and, right. uh, uh, never had any issues with it. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, it, you know, out in, out in the, you know, where people are putting in their own roads, you can, you can, some of them really know what they're doing. Yes, no, I know. Are on the budget, we, so I, I you, you, we can see that the rain washes them out and all that type yep. of stuff. Yep. Jim, I want to talk a little bit about some interesting stuff when it comes to real estate <clears throat> infrastructure and sometimes things that people aren't aware of. Let's and do one it. of the things that we run into from time to time uh, up in this marketplace is what we call wood foundations. Oh, yeah. And when you think of foundations, you're typically thinking of a concrete block, maybe a, a poured concrete. Uh, you don't think of the foundation walls when you go downstairs as being wood, let alone the floor being wood. Yep. Now, most of the time, and I, I venture to say 99% of all, 99.999% of the time, all of the homes that we've ever been in have some type of a concrete slab. Yeah, exactly. Something. It's extremely rare to see the flooring part of a house be made from wood, let alone all the walls. Right. Typically, we'll see foundation walls made of wood. It's uncommon, but you do see them, but not the flooring. And uh, I've run into that here recently. And, uh, uh, you know, having talked to the sellers a little bit about this, and this house sold. I mean, it, you know, we disclosed everything, that there was a, a wood floor. That's how this was built, a wood foundation and everything. And, uh, you know, the buyers really didn't have an issue with it. But I do think that there are some things that if, if you go into a house, for an example, and maybe somebody, when they put, listed this, an agent or whatever, didn't understand that this was a wood foundation and they didn't disclose this. And then you find out later that it's a wood foundation. Oh, yeah. How would you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, as a consumer, as a buyer, yeah. I mean. And you and I both know it's agent? happened in our market. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah, it's it's something that, and, you know, the, the, the thing is, is that when a basement's 100% finished, a lot of times it's difficult for us to finally get back behind everything and finally go, okay, it's poured concrete or okay, it's, it's block. You know, that's how finished they are. 
And and so a lot of the wood foundations are like that. It's it sometimes you, you got to know what you're looking for. You got to ask questions. But yeah, um, yeah, it's you got it makes a difference. Um, they well, are there. There's a lot of people that are are champions of them, you know. Um, but I I find that. Um, do you ever have any financing problems with that, Gary? Typically, no, we don't. Um, you know, it, it's I think it's an accepted. Uh, as long as it's disclosed, I think it's accepted within the, the lending industry. Yeah. I really haven't had anything. I think it's more so the issue is if it's discovered after you have bought this and you right. didn't know about this and you weren't made aware of it. And and Jim, I agree 100% with you. When you walk into these houses and, the, and you're in the lower level and all the walls are covered, you can't see what's behind uh, the paneling or the sheetrock or whatever it's been finished with. You just simply can't see but one of the things that you can do is is from the outside of the property, if this is a wood foundation, what what typically what you're going to see is it's been covered with plywood on the outside. Right. So there are yep. some visual ways that you can see uh, if there is wood going below the ground. Now, sometimes they've covered it up or they've sided it over or whatever, so it's difficult to see, but it's worth it's worth it to at least look at it because some of these foundations are completely visible. You walk around, you can see the concrete block from the outside. You can see that it's poor, whatever. But if somebody indicates that this is a wood foundation, I always put on my, uh, my red flags start going up. And if I'm going in this house, I really look it over and I really try to assess, uh, has there been any, uh, movement. I mean, you look at you look at doors, for example. Has there been any settling things like that? You look at window jams. You look at at um, uh, the, the door jams. Can you see daylight going to uh, to some of the uh, outside doors? So you kind of look for things to see if there's been any of that type of settling. And and that type of stuff can occur even in a house with concrete block with with, with a right, good foundation. Exactly. But it's it's always something more so that I look at with wood foundations because one of the things that happens with wood when you build a house, Jim, is if they don't let that wood sit and cure, guess what? It shrinks. It shrinks when it starts drying yeah, out. Just, I, and you can shrinks. see that you can see that uh, on many log homes in the area too. That wood shrinkage. Well, yeah, log homes have their own a whole right. another set of issues that, right, that you exactly. have to be concerned about. But but these wood foundations on on your normal houses up here, you know your traditional style houses, what have you, just something for your, for the consumers to be aware of, and make sure you're you're doing your homework and and you do some diligence on these things because it can make a difference, especially if these homes have been sitting. If you've got a fifty year old home, sixty year old home that's got a wood foundation, I would be a little bit concerned about wanting to know that condition what's below the ground right. and maybe do some additional testing if they if they would allow that. Yeah, and it, it starts off with a home inspection, but I've sold a couple of them where we not only had a home inspection, but they had somebody who was considered to be an expert in the field kind of come and take a look at things. Um, and uh, as it turns out, I think I've sold two of them, and I, 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 they went through, so obviously the, the, the life expectancy or whatever was, was there enough for them to uh, pursue it. So, all right, Gary, listen, we've just come up on our, our last break here. So, folks, stay tuned to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Hey, 
Welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Gary, let's give out our phone numbers. I'll start out. Um, area code down here in Florida, um, 218-348-7653. Um, and Gary? Up here in the Twin Ports, licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I can be reached at 218-390-0615. Very good. All right, so we Jim, got I want to talk three, four minutes here, here. Yeah, a couple of things I want to mention here quickly. I want to remind people we talked about this around Thanksgiving, but uh, you know, when you're if you're cooking at home, your drains try to keep you know don't pour your grease and your stuff and all that kind of stuff down your drains. Try to keep that stuff out of the drain. It's always better to uh, you know even if you got you can pour it in the garbage if it's not hot, let it sit in the pan, let it settle solidify and then just wipe it out with a paper towel and put it in your trash but but try to keep these things out of your drain because they they do some long-term damage and it's really difficult to get these greases and oils out of your drain once they're in there and they start building up Uh, and i want to add on to this by saying the other thing too is if you have a garbage disposal it doesn't mean that everything will will disperse let's put it that way so things like potato peelings and and other other peelings um, anything that might expand or, or coagulate uh, even after it's crushed up, you're going to have an expensive uh, bill to get that augered out. Um, so, yeah, a good, good reminder, Gary. Jim, I uh, want to briefly also mention if anybody's driving down London Road between 26th and 40th Avenue East, and I'll say between 36th and 40th Avenue East, there's a massive development going up, folks. And on the upper side of the street, this is well underway. They're, I think they're, they've already completed the, the newest one uh, or very close to completing it. And there's a, a fourth one that's, that's close to being completed. And they've got another one underway and they've just poured the foundations for two other ones. So this is a massive project and it's, it's really kind of cool to see this thing going up. And if you walk the lake walk, I walk the lake walk and you can walk behind this facility. It's kind of interesting to uh, see this thing develop. It's been ongoing. They started this thing about three years ago or whatever. And uh, to see this thing really starting to, to come around, it's uh, kind of exciting. That's cool. And you know, I'm going to be up there in 10 days. I'm going to be up there on the 13th through the 17th or something visiting. Um, maybe, uh, Gary, maybe we can do a in-studio recording. Well, I'm looking forward to that. We and, haven't uh, been together in a studio in a long time. It's been a while, so I look yeah. forward to that yeah. when you get up here and... Uh, uh, we can uh, take us take a new picture of ourselves. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, please. <laughs> we, All right. We've got an old picture of oh ourselves. Oh my! Going back to the old studio. That picture yeah, is when I weighed two hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> oh, what a whale! Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right, Gary. We got to wrap her up. Give out your phone number one last time. I'm at two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. Down here in Florida, you can reach me at two one eight. Three four eight seven six five three. We appreciate you all listening to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, Gary. We've been eleven years now. Uh, oh no, we're longer than that. We started in two thousand eight. Oh, uh, uh, so oh. what is it? So we're fourteen years. Holy Christmas! All right. Well, congrats, buddy. I guess you know. Yeah, there are a couple people listening to us, and we we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Have a nice weekend. <laughs>